The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to Disney Deciphered, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. It's summer, so that means it's really hot and humid in Orlando right now. On today's episode, Leslie and I take a look at ways to beat the heat when you're visiting Walt Disney World. Find old episodes of the podcast at DisneyDeciphered.com or anywhere that you find podcasts like Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, etc. If you're enjoying the podcast, we'd really appreciate it if you shared it with someone else. And if you could hit that subscribe button so that you can get our new podcasts every time they release on Wednesdays, that'd be pretty cool. Connect with us on our Facebook page, Disney Deciphered, or on Twitter at WDW Deciphered, or you can email us with topic ideas, questions, or comments at DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Joe from As Joe Flies. And I'm Leslie from Trips with Tykes. And welcome back. So we are here today to talk about how to beat the heat at Disney World in the summer. So Leslie, you and I have just gone back from a trip. You have left the hot and humid confines of Walt Disney World and gone back to what I assume is a much more pleasant Northern California, whereas I basically feel like I've gone from hot and humid Orlando to hot and humid Boston because it is miserable up here. But how's the weather over uh, by you in the Bay Area? Everything in the Bay Area is uh, mild and moderately foggy, as is usual for this time of year. Uh, I have to say it's quite a relief to finally escape a full week of the heat and humidity we experienced in Orlando, because it was no joke. So you're coming from a much milder climate. So, you know, I guess how much of a kind of shock was it to your body to deal with the heat and humidity in Florida? And is it, you know, as vicious as advertised? Sure. So I did grow up in Alabama, so I am used to heat and humidity. I I remember what it was like, but have gotten a little bit weak living in Northern California for as long as I have. But yeah, it's definitely a shock. And it's also more of a shock because you're just outdoors more. You know, I had been visiting my family in North Carolina a few weeks earlier in June, and it was certainly hot and humid there, but we were mostly indoors and air conditioning. And you're just not going to have that at Disney World. You are going to be standing outside in long lines in direct sunlight sometimes. You know, you obviously get air conditioning breaks, but it's not going to be the vast majority of your time. And that's that's what's shocking most of all is the amount of time that you're standing outside in the heat and humidity. Yeah. And I think what, you know, really kind of affects you is that it just like a long boxing match or something. It just kind of builds and drags throughout the day and you know, eventually by the end of the day, you're like totally wiped. I don't know about you, but uh, ever since I've gone home, I've been sleeping for like 50% of the day just because I've just been so exhausted from the trip. And I think part of that really had to do with the heat and the humidity. Yeah, I think that's right. I took a nap yesterday as well. My kids, uh, I think my son slept about 12 and a half hours last night. So all of us are still in recovery mode, but it was totally worth it. I, I can't say that I'll necessarily go to Disney voluntarily again in the heat of summer. I mean, obviously if there's 
a good reason, like the one we had to go see the opening of Toy Story Land, then I'll revise that prediction. But yeah, I, I, I have to say it's, it's brutal enough that I'm not sure that I would go out of my way to go during summer again. I guess I will find out in a couple months. So at the end of the summer, we're going to be going on a trip for a couple nights, but we will not be in the park. So I'll see if that makes a difference. You know, we just plan to lounge by the hotel pool and take the monorail a little bit and maybe, you know, eat some stuff. So we'll see if that makes things better. You know, I think being in the theme parks is what um, really drags. So what we're here to talk about today is, you know, how can you beat the heat in the summer or honestly, sometimes in the winter, at Walt Disney World. So, you know, why don't you kick us off, Leslie? What are what is the first piece of advice you'd give to people in terms of uh, beating the heat? So lots and lots of water. I am not very good about drinking water. I am a Diet Coke addict, and I had to force myself to make sure I consumed enough because the amount that you will sweat off is impressive. And I had to really be careful with my kids. My kids don't often drink water or drink much with breakfast. So I had to really kind of force that in the morning because once you get behind on hydration, then it's hard to catch back up again. So that's, that's really my first tip is be careful with that. We brought our own water bottles and we just refilled them. The water in Florida is not very tasty, but I found that if it was super cold, like straight out of a water fountain, we could, we could stomach it. And, um, you know, a couple of times we did buy bottled water and you know, we, we took some lifts and some Ubers and sometimes drivers will offer you free bottled water. Which, and we definitely availed ourselves of that. Well, I mean, I'd say, first of all, I am also addicted to Diet Coke, but the caffeine does you no favors in terms of the dehydration. I think uh, having a water bottle is important, you know, so you can get free tap water at basically any Disney restaurant, especially the quick service restaurants. And they're very liberal about it. You know, you can ask for as many tap waters as you want. You know, they give you, they give it to you in those small cups. So, you know, I often will just get a couple and then fill up my own personal water bottle with that. Don't be like me. I forgot to bring a water bottle to Disney World like a genius. Uh, I eventually got one when I was there. But, you know, for the first day or two, I was uh, pretty hurt without a water bottle. Definitely. You need my packing list, Joe. Yes, yes. Not all of us can be expert packers like you. True, true. (laughs) So my next best tip for beating the heat at Disney World is to take advantage of air conditioning as much as possible. I am usually not a person who makes dining reservations at Disney parks. I usually like to grab something and keep going on rides. But this trip, we really made sure to make lunchtime dining reservations or at least go to quick service restaurants that had indoor seating so that we could cool off during when, when the heat of the day started, because it really, I felt, I found it really started getting really hot about 11 a.m. So by the time, you know, 1145 noon, my kids started getting hungry. We were really ready to escape. And those indoor restaurants were a lifesaver. So the, the silver lining was that we got to try a lot of really great restaurants. We ate at Skipper Canteen. While we were in Animal Kingdom, we ate at Satuli Canteen in the indoor seating area. So we, we got to try a lot more food. That that means we spent a lot more money, but we stayed cool. And that was very helpful. All of the canteens, all the canteens. Yeah, I would say, you know, Satuli, what I really like about that is, you know, I think we've said about it. I think we've said this on previous episodes, but it's not that crowded of a quick service restaurant. And that indoor seating area is really well air conditioned and, you know, can really help you in the heat of the day, uh, especially at Animal Kingdom, which does have quite a bit of shade. But, you know, it is still pretty hot um, in that non-zoo as zoos tend to be. 
That's right. I, I should mention, you say it wasn't very crowded. My experience was it was very crowded because we were there during an afternoon thunder shower, And that is like the only covering in Pandora. So people were definitely escaping there. And I guess that's the flip side of, of the summer heat. You have to also watch out for the summer thunderstorms because that is those come along with it just getting so hot and humid and the skies just open up. So you have to be prepared for that for that as well. Hot and then soaking wet. Yep. I had to get a new pair of shoes uh, halfway through the trip. On terms of the air conditioning, what I would also say is it pays to have a map or take a look at the map before you go because, you know, I found that I really was routing myself through air conditioned stores. Um, you know, obviously the simple one is like on Main Street. Like I never walked down Main Street on this trip. You know, I always walk through the store um, because, you know, once you, you know, I'm, on the edges of the store, it's still pretty warm. But once you get inside, you get a little bit of respite. And then, you know, there are stores like Mouse Gears in Epcot, you know, that you can just walk through, cut through, and that can really just cool you down for a little bit. And like we talked about in our Toy Story Land episode, obviously there are places like One Man's Dream, uh, Walt Disney Presents, you know, where you can just kind of go in there, relax, and cool off for a little bit. It's kind of like on the trip, I was just hiding from air-conditioned place to to air conditioned place uh, to stay cool. Yeah, we were doing the same thing with our kids. And I, the hottest, I, I began to notice what the hottest places were in Disney parks. Like we rode the Tomorrowland Speedway right about 1130 in the morning. And I have this shot of my son just with his bangs matted to his forehead and sweat dripping down his face after he rode it with this giant grin on his face, of course, because, you know, he had just gotten to go on the Tomorrowland Speedway, but kids, kids are not as bothered by it. I was definitely really miserable by the time I got off that ride. Yeah, they're not as bothered, but, you know, I think, like I said, it does take a toll. So my next recommendation is related to that. You know, there are a lot of rides or attractions at Walt Disney World where you can, you know, kind of stay cool for a long amount of time, you know, right next to, you know, for example, you and your son were at Tomorrowland Speedway. If you really was too hot and overseated, you could have gone into Carousel of Progress and gotten like a good half an hour in air conditioning and, you know, mild entertainment. Um, you know, another example I can think of is the American Adventure in the World Showcase at the American Pavilion. Actually, you know, all of those Pavilions generally have shows in theaters where you can sit and stay cool for a little while. Although, of course, China, for some reason, doesn't have seating, so you have to stand. So that's not my favorite. But, you know, find those attractions like Universe of Energy or Ellen's Energy Adventure when it used to exist, um, where you can sit down and cool off for like a long period of time. Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor is another example. Mickey's Fill Our Magic, you know, all those kind of indoor shows that can really cool you off and that can really help to break up your day. They may not be attractions that you are necessarily putting on your list if you're going there in the winter when it's cool, but I think in the summer they can be um, very important. I will say that Hollywood Studios is not a great place for this because you know stuff like Beauty and the Beast uh, show and Indiana Jones, that's all outside and still miserable. Yeah, very true. There, there are a couple of indoor shows at Hollywood Studios, but yeah, you have to really to pick and choose and, and uh, know where, know what the situation is before you line up and go inside. Yeah, those are great, great choices. The indoor shows for the heat of the day. The, the other tip that I would add on top of that is try as much as you can to go early to the parks. Um, rope drop is really essential. Those first couple of hours before it gets super, super hot are when the crowds are at their best and also when the heat is at its least. So we it was painful for us trying to get up really early 
when we were still kind of on West Coast time, but we did do Magic Kingdom. We rope dropped that one morning and we're really grateful that we did. And uh, the opposite end of the spectrum, uh, you know, is to stay late if at all possible. So we, we tried to go early, take a midday break and then come back when it started cooling down in the evenings, because once the sun goes down, it's much more bearable in the summertime. Yeah. that And often there's been a thunderstorm that hopefully has helped to break the humidity uh, at nighttime. So, you know, I definitely agree with that. The other thing that I would say is, you know, kind of related to that. uh, We've talked in the past about how, especially if you have younger kids, but even if you have older kids, it's advantageous to go back to the hotel, to take a break, take the nap, to take a nap in the, you know, mid to late afternoon when the sun is at its highest and when it's, it's hottest. And so in that vein, you know, if you really think about it, where you decide to stay, what hotel you decide to stay in can really matter. And, you know, that is related to, I guess, which parks you're interested in. So for example, on this last day, you know, I was staying at Animal Kingdom Lodge, which although is a deluxe and can be very pricey, actually was not a very great hotel to be at in terms of taking an afternoon nap, because unless I was going to the Animal Kingdom, it just took forever to get back to the hotel. Whereas, you know, if, if you're paying for a deluxe, if I had stayed at uh, the Contemporary or the Polynesian, it would have been much easier to get back. Even if I had stayed at like Coronado Springs, for example, which is a moderate, you know, that's much closer to all the parks overall. And that would have you know made travel time and getting back to the hotel to cool down a lot easier. You know, what do you, what do you think about how the heat factors into hotel stays? Yeah, I totally agree. I would be willing to pay for one of the monorail monorail hotels or maybe Beach and Yacht Club, pay a little bit more for those during the summertime, just for the convenience factor. Um, you know, we, we were also at Animal Kingdom Lodge and just found the transportation time too too long. We often were, were hopping in Ubers and Lyfts just to save some time and try to get back and cool off. And that obviously added cost to our vacation. The last day that we were on our trip, we were actually started in Animal Kingdom and took a midday break and then went back to Animal Kingdom in the evening. And of course, that was super convenient. But but that's not the park we spend the most time in. But uh, usually we're a Magic Kingdom family and an Epcot family. So definitely consider that Look, hotel location and transportation time uh, in the summertime, especially. It didn't bother me that waiting for a bus didn't bother me when I've been at other times of year. But when you're standing there for 20 minutes and then you have another 20, 25 minute ride to get where you need to go. You just feel, you really feel it. And then obviously um, one more way to cool down and beat the heat is to add the water parks and more. Or what's that called again? I keep forgetting. They, they changed the name, even though we went over it last time. Park Hopper Plus. Yes. Park Hopper Plus. Uh, you can add that onto your ticket for a nominal fee and hit the water parks, which we'll have to talk about at a later date. Uh, Before we get to Disney do's and don'ts, Leslie, just for fun, how would you rank the four parks in terms of unbearably hot? You know, so what is your least, least temperature hot park uh, to the most temperature hot park? What would you say? Ooh, so Magic Kingdom always seems okay to me. So I'll I'll call that the least, at least if I separate that out the Tomorrowland Speedway. Then I'd say Epcot. Um, then Animal Kingdom, and then I find Hollywood Studios the hottest park, and Toy Story Land has only is only adding to that impression. What's your thinking? Uh, yeah, I think I would still have Magic Kingdom uh, as the least 
warm place. And I think a lot of that is because Magic Kingdom is so compact. You can kind of get from attraction to attraction without being exposed as much. Um, and definitely Hollywood Studios is the hottest, as you said. Uh, personally, I guess I would flip Animal Kingdom and Epcot just because I feel like because of Animal Kingdom, all the tree cover and stuff like that, you can find shade and you can duck through the shade as you're walking around. Whereas Epcot, especially when you're on World Showcase, you know, I feel like you're just super exposed. Although you can go from pavilion to pavilion, it's still kind of, it's rare to cut into all the pavilions. So that's my uh, personal take. So let's finish out with our Disney do's and don'ts segment. Leslie, I think you have a Disney do for today. Uh, what do you have for us in terms of beating the heat? So I would recommend all of the gimmicks that you can possibly find to try to stay cool. We There were two that our family really enjoyed. We had bought these little cooling towels called Frog Togs at the recommendation of a couple of other Disney bloggers that have mentioned them off and on throughout the years. And they're these sort of sponge-like towels that you wet and then squeeze out and then wrap around your neck. And they are... I guess they hold the moisture in so they don't get your shirt wet like a lot of other cooling towels do. And those those were definitely very helpful. We also succumbed to the Disney souvenir purchase of the Mr. Spray fan. Um, my son spotted that and had to have it. And it ultimately was actually pretty great. We actually used it to wet our frog dogs. So we had two little cooling products and those were both really helpful and thought those were money well spent to cool down and when we were in the heat of the day. We need to go back to the what to pack episode and say, buy one of those misters before you get to Disney world. The other thing I was thinking while I was watching all these little kids with them is where were those things when I was a kid? Why didn't they exist then? I feel like I remember them when I was a kid, but uh, it, who knows? Who knows? My kids of course immediately spotted it and we didn't buy a lot of souvenirs during the trip. So that was, you know, that was the one that my son brought home. So I could live with it. Although I could have definitely saved a lot of money buying something like that in advance. That's going to cool you down better than those bubble blowers that will do nothing for you. Nothing, nothing at all. All right. Well, stay cool out there. If you have any great tips about how you like to beat the heat at Walt Disney World, feel free to connect with us, DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com or on Facebook at our Facebook page, Disney Deciphered, or on Twitter at WDW Deciphered. You can also find old episodes of the podcast at DisneyDeciphered.com or on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, everywhere you find podcasts. And we really appreciate it if you subscribed and shared the podcast with someone you know and love who also loves Disney. Other than that, uh, stay cool out there, Leslie, although I know you're a lot cooler than I am. Definitely. Try to survive that summer heat, Jeff. Will do. Until next time. Bye.